Welcome to Thinking Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for For a a better better global society. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thank you for joining us on another exciting edition of Thinking Reimagined. I am Nifemi Oguntoye. Let's talk about breaking the invisible gender limitations all around us. In the previous episode, we talked about the challenges women face, women professionals uh, face rather in male-dominated industries. We also looked at the gender gap in the workplace. I think that it was extensive and comprehensive and a big thank you to Ms. Shotimeyudu and Dr. Amma who did justice to that. Both ladies are with me again today. Dr. Amma and Ms. Shotimeyudu, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. All right, so there are a lot of barriers for gender balance. I want us to begin with what they call the pro-male bias. Um, you see, male performance is often overestimated with data from over 22,000 participants. Now, what this showed was that there was a preference for men across industries and occupations in hiring, in promotion, in compensation, in competency, and in job performance in a range of occupations and industries. I'm talking about across board. So it's established that there is this pro-male bias across all jobs, especially those considered male-dominated. But there was no pro-female bias for stereotypically female occupations. So the pro-male bias can be hard to pinpoint at times. Um, um, we've seen organizations where succession planning seemed quite gender-balanced at first glance. But when you look closer, you find out that most women are not considered, or rather, maybe considered not ready for a new position, whereas most men are. Dr. Amma, um, this is this is this is not only decades long. I wanted to say decades long, but this is let's say centuries. I mean, it's it's always been the Petraka community. I want us to begin by talking about the solutions. So so we've established what the challenges are, but how do you think that, for instance, industries, how do you think we can begin to uh, tackle the issue, the issue of pro-male bias across the board? The issue of pro-male bias, as you said, has been going on for centuries. And it boils down to cultural, religious, and societal preference for the male child. Um, And also, when you look at the workforce, the modern workforce, um, that has always been skewed towards men in terms of education was first preferred for the male child 
the preference was to educate the male child. As a matter of fact, it still continues till today. So we have to start by leveling the educational access for males and females. So the female child is able to go to school, is able to attain the highest level of education, as well as, as, well as have access to the workforce. Um, along the same line, it is very important that whilst men and women are in the workforce, that they have access to further skills and training. Very often what happens is there's a preference being given to um, professional development for the males because they believe it is perceived that they are the ones that will end up going into the leadership roles. But the reality is women and men can go into those leadership roles and they do possess the intellect and the capability of achieving that. Um, it is also important for us to treat our workers, male and female, um, equally, fairly within the workforce. And women should not be penalized for being for their gender, neither should they be penalized because they go off and they bear children or they get married. Uh, so training, expertise, and even meritorious career advancement is very important. And we do know from current research that both when you have a woman in a team, when you have more women in the C-suite, there is a, the dynamic changes and there is increased profitability, um, a change in perception, but also uh, increased innovation. So we need to enhance that and promote that. And that is why we've done this scholarship program for the female incoming female surveyors uh, who are currently university because we want them to know that they're being supported and they have the right to be in these professions and to excel in their chosen careers. Absolutely. And in case you're just joining us, it's important for us to talk about the Women Change Maker series, uh, proudly sponsored by Allied Empowerment and Parties. And it is um, an innovation to further empower female education. Dr. Ama talked about the um, challenge of having the girl child educated, especially in this part of the world. So um, in the course of this particular episode, we're also going to be joined by six of the finalists uh, we're given a hundred thousand naira in scholarship to four winners and finalists have emerged the six of them will be joining us in the second part of this podcast and um, um, we'll be talking to them about their experiences as some um, female um, incoming surveyors like dr amma put it um, but we're also looking at women in male dominated industry it's important to note that this is done in honor of Mrs. Olayinka Omolabake Adekoya, who happens to be the first and only female Soviet general of Nigeria. It's close to 30 years, and there's yet to be another female Soviet general. So I believe that um, what um, the Adekoya family is doing, uh, because they, they are given this money, and also what Allied, uh, Allied Empowerment and Parties are doing is to ensure that we empower more women um, to excel 
in all of these very difficult terrains. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Shotimino, I almost said Dr. Shotimino. Maybe I should give you an honorary doctorate degree right away. <laughs> uh, um, Dr. Amma mentioned she talked about the issue of education, but I know that you live in London, and 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 I don't think that's a that's a challenge in that community. But there's what they call the good girl syndrome, the perception that a good job is automatically rewarded. Uh, while that is good in schools, we're taught that it's not all you need to progress in your career. For instance, it's, it is it is more difficult for women to connect, um, to network, you know, to do certain things that are not uh, considered womanly, um, that also contribute greatly to their career development. Talk to us about how all of these can, uh, uh, how, how this challenge can be defeated, especially for an ambitious woman who is educated, but who now is faced with the challenge of doing what needs to be done to get to the to the highest or the zenith in our career. I want to start by explaining and maybe sharing um, um, with, with the girls and with everybody on the platform that is in, it is important, whether as a male or a female, that you know what your purpose is and what your drive is and what you enjoy. This way, um, you'd be able to plan efficiently for what you want to do in the future. Um, as a young girl myself, I, I was a feminist. And as I grew up, as I grew older, I became a new feminist. Um, I didn't want to be an extreme feminist because I, I wanted to have children as Dr. Amma also has her, her children. And I wanted to um, explain this because some people feel that the term feminist is as a negative term. It isn't, but there are different types of feminism. As I said, I'm a new feminist, meaning a more modern type of feminist, maybe not as aggressive um, as, as the older types of feminists. And I've always known what I wanted to do and how I was going to get there. Um, so my, my word of encouragement is to try to um, figure out what you want to do and plan towards that. Also, I wanted to mention that, as you said, in the UK, there are barriers, regardless of whether the children are girls and boys, males and females are educated equally. And I think the most obvious barrier we have now is the invisible threat posed by women um, in the society. Um, I think this is all over the world. It is not uh, exclusive to, to the UK. Uh, this invisible threat is a threat that some males feel um, that the women, because they're able to multitask quite efficiently, um, you know, and manage several roles at the same time all at once, um, will usurp all the positions. And this isn't truly the case because not all women want to have many, many roles, juggling many roles at the same time. So um, that invisible threat, I think, is it's a different thing um, in, in Nigeria, in Africa, where the, this invisible threat is not just posed by the men, it's also posed by women as well. So as, as a young woman coming up in, in the area of surveying, I would like to encourage you um, to, to figure out what you want to do, be whichever type of feminist or non-feminist you want to be and, and go for gold, that's it, yeah. I like that, go for gold. 
and uh, Mr. Sotomini has brought in a very interesting um, dimension to this conversation, the issue of feminism. On Twitter, there's what they call the feminist coven, and men dread that a lot. Um, some months ago, there was the issue of um, calling out um, um, suspected rapists, and um, that took a huge dimension. I don't know if you followed the story of a young man who was accused of rape who eventually committed suicide and then after investigation they found out that um, he was actually innocent and that he brought up the issue of um, how these things can also be done in the extreme as dreadful and as terrible as a rapist um, there's also the possibility of accusing someone wrongly so I love when Ms. Sotomini talked about new feminism. I think I have to go and study that new concept. But Dr. Amma talked to us about the thin line um, in driving gender parity. Um, is, there, is there a way it can be overdone? Is there a way that um, the women folk can also do this to the extreme? And um, I don't know how to put this really, but but I'm I'm also concerned about the overzealous nature of what I see online. A situation where certain women just tell you that men are the problem. Is that really the situation, Dr. Anne? Hey, me, that's a very powerful question and a loaded one. I want to start, first of all, by acknowledging that any person, male or female, who supports the rights of women gender parity, um, acts against discrimination, microaggression, all of those things is actually considered a feminist. Truly, that's in the, in the simplest terms. If you believe that women have equal rights, if you believe in gender parity, if you believe that the violence, the shadow pandemic against women must end, then you are already a feminist because you care about the other 50% of the society. Now, to further that, uh, and I think I said this on the previous broadcast, for over 200 years, women have taken on the mantle of having gender parity. And gender parity is really about recognizing that we are equal. We all have the right to education, to live to our fullest potential, to feel safe, um, to be able to have the career advancement, all of those things are guaranteed as human beings, as member states of the United Nations, and also by the laws in Nigeria. Now, let's take that one step further. In Nigeria, we do not have an equality bill. It exists everywhere else. But it doesn't exist. Well, I shouldn't. That's an extreme statement to say it exists everywhere else. But it does exist. Many countries have adopted it. The Equality Bill is very simply ensuring that all girls have access to education, or women who want to work. And honestly, only 50% of women are actually in the workforce. 50% of women are in the workforce. The other 50% are actually performing unpaid work. If you were to add value, monetary value, to the unpaid work that women perform outside of the workforce, 
or exclusively, you will be amazed how much the GDP of a country will increase. But it is a powerful number, and we have to keep that in perspective. Um, further along the line, uh, there is no way that women fighting for, asking for, demanding gender parity can make and should make males uncomfortable. Males have always been in control. It's a patriarchal world we live in. It's just the way it has been by default. But the rights were not exclusively given to males. It's for everyone. So I do not believe that it can be taken to extreme. Um, yes, people get accused of doing things untoward, whether it's rape or all of that. But through thorough investigation, we find that a greater number of the time it is true. It is unfortunate when it is not. But we also have to make sure that we follow the letter of the law. People are innocent until proven guilty. That's right. So there That's is nothing male to be afraid of. They just need to recognize we are merely asking for what is ours, what is our right. Simple. This is Think and Remargined, a Leave Abundantly production. In association with Nelkan Media. All right, so let's quickly speak to the girls. Thank so you. We have six of them um, with us now um, from across different universities in Nigeria. Um, there's this perception that if you drive the feminine agenda to a point, um, you're likely not going to be doing it from a home with a man and your children. And that perception is very dominant in this part of the world. So there's still this very thin line between submission to, you know, your husband and fighting the cause for um, female liberation, if I can use that term. Um, so, um, for instance, the perception is that a woman is supposed to be submitted to her husband. And then the challenge of having that dream of getting to the zenith of your career in this part of the world, you're expected to sacrifice a lot of things along the line. I want us to break this down um, from personal experiences. Um, a woman gets married, um, let's say a woman who goes to school now to study, um, who wants to be a surveyor, um, leaves school and then meets a fantastic guy, they settle down and get married, she starts having children. How does a woman achieve all of her dreams? and still not um, sacrifice our family. And by that, I'm talking about our husband and our children. Um, do, we, do, we have, do we have examples or conducive environment where the family helps, particularly the man, helps the woman to get to the zenith of our career and then she has it all? Or is this a situation where you can either have this all that i'm going to turn this question around nifemi because it is a question that's always posed to women i want you to answer that question as a male does somebody tell you that your career should be second place to you being a husband <laughs> so, so, so of course i'm part of the discussions now so um i'm looking at it in 
if we put it in hierarchy personally i don't think that balance is reality i think that my life is ordered in priority so i like to think of myself first as as a husband a father and then before we start talking about broadcast journalism so um i don't see my work taking the place of my you know responsibility first as a husband to my adorable wife and a father to my beautiful children i consider that as a superior assignment um to whatever it is that i do um call it a career or whatever it is that i do you know as an individual so um that in and of itself just um, helps me to be a better person back at home i don't think if that answers your question that um doesn't quite answer my question but think about the question that you posed to the post to us it's about women sacrificing by us wanting to have a career then we are sacrificing our role mm-hmm. as mothers and wives and everything else and then you also talked about being submissive why do we need to use those terms this is 2021 why That's can't right. it be that i am a woman i am a mother i am a wife and at the same time i have a career and in all of that there could be equitable access to what i need to be a great mother to be exactly exactly the point that i'm making that yes but that, the way pose the question yes dated all that, of that no, no no that from experience from experience is that um, how how does a woman and do all of that a situation where we have seen we have seen divorce on the increase around the globe we have seen separation of the increase around the globe and it all boils down to um the man and the woman setting different parts for each other the question i was asking is are there examples is it possible for a woman to reach the zenith of her career and still have a successful home how can how can this be achieved you know especially for the benefit of the um young ladies listening to us and i pose a question to you is it possible for a man to achieve the zenith of his career and be a husband and a father if you absolutely then you've Absolutely. answered the question then you've answered the question in terms of women it is possible it is possible for a woman to achieve the zenith of her career it is possible for a woman to be a wonderful wife and a wonderful mother so you just answered the question it is absolutely possible we have several role models um that have shown us this not just myself <laughs> and dr ama to others such as ibukwa wushika margaret thatcher so many more people i i mean the list is endless um i believe that in um in africa specifically nigeria um i i don't want to talk about this but it's uh, it's not necessarily society in itself it's possibly religion I don't even believe it's culture because going back to history we have several female warriors from Amina um uh, Tinumbu so many so many famous and um 
so many women in history that have succeeded in doing this. And um, I don't know, I think it's actually becoming worse uh, in modern day terms for women who believe that they have to give up everything they have in order to be happy. We currently have at least one female president, actually two on the African continent. Would you say that these women have not reached the zenith of their careers and that they may have sacrificed in the family? I mean, let's talk about the woman that we're honoring, Mrs. Adekoya. She reached the zenith of her career as a surveyor general. She is a mother, she's a grandmother, albeit she is late but it does not set, I mean, these are separate compartments and these compartments do not negate one's ability to succeed either at home or within their workplace. It doesn't. Absolutely. I'll love us to break this a little bit further because, um, you know, it is easy to say um, it is possible but I also want us to um, break it a bit further and help help the young ladies identify what they need to do differently. For instance, um, when when it comes to taking on a journey um, such as this, um, it's important that you are who partners with you along the line. So I have seen. I have seen men who do not believe, um, well, quite wrongly, who do not believe that um, the woman should be as ambitious, you know, as the man. I have seen men who would get married and um, ask their wives to just stay back at home and consider their primary assignment as taking care of the children. You know, and things like that. And, and you know, whether we agree or not, this is reality. And this has also, to an extent, truncated the dreams and the desires of many African women. So my, my question initially isn't whether or not I believe that women can achieve the zenith of their career and still be in the family. My question is, how do they do that? How do they do that in a community where, you know, we... we we hear a lot of stories, a lot of women who are abused, a lot of dreams that have been chartered, a lot of um, a lot of homes that have been broken as a result of this. So it is one thing to sponsor a woman through school, for instance, but it also appearing that she might have to get a companionship right if she's going to um, uh, 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 make the best of the education she's gotten and if she's eventually going to fulfill her dreams. Am I resonating with anybody here? Well, there is an assumption you're making that the broken homes is due to the women not being in the workplace. I mean, the women being in the workplace. No, 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 Dr. Amber, don't get me wrong. I can't make assumptions. I can't because I'm not speaking from data, but you and I can agree that, let's say one in a thousand can be as a result of the woman's ambition and that's where my interest lies because of the for the benefit of this conversation so we are looking at how a woman for instance can balance her career or her goals and her dreams with a home front 
um, while I agree that there are many other different factors, but for the sake of this conversation, we're looking at we're looking at the career woman. We're looking at the the, the female student. You know, what they might need to do to protect their ambition, even while having um, these other desires along the companionship and the rest. If you understand my point. The first thing is, I always say to to young women is that. You have to realize that it's it's your. This is a choice. A marriage is a choice. Having a family is a choice. Um, I don't know whether Nigerians believe this or not. There are some women that choose not to have children, and there are some women that choose not to be married. This is not saying this is a good choice or a bad choice. I'm sure many of the girls on on the platform today would like to have their own families in whichever shape or form. Um, I want to advise that in order to continue on their on their courses uh, and their life course to become surveyors that they surround themselves with like-minded people um, people that believe in what they believe in people that support um, their their desires and um, that are possibly all feminists there are men as we know uh, many men who are feminists surround yourself with like-minded people there's no point in wanting to be a successful woman in the workplace and being around people who believe that a woman's place is in the home also one other uh, aspect is that things are changing women successful women are coming out uh, successful women are coming out and giving many conferences and giving talks and encouraging younger women that you can do it. You can have a work-life balance. You can have a healthy family and a healthy work life. And that is one of the reasons that um, I am in support of the Changemaker series and I'm sponsoring it together with uh, Allied Empowerment and Live Abundantly simply because I believe it can be done and I believe it is being done at the moment and we have many role models um, to help us um, go further. Absolutely. Along, along that line, if I may add that it's very important um, to add to what Ms. Shredderminu has just uh, stated that the these young ladies and all the other young ladies who have career focus who want to achieve the zenith of their careers must learn a few things such as networking. There is a way of networking in the business world, in the career field, and we have to be open to learning the skills necessary to network, to network within the organization and outside the organization. They also have to create their own board of trustees, as I call it. Um, it's again having people who support you um, within your office outside your office within the community so that you're able to continue your career advancement and um, it is also important for them to be very clear on what their focus is what their purpose is what it is that they want to do and um, go into marriages or relationships because not everyone is going to get married. Marriage is not for everyone. And there is absolutely no law that says you must be married. And if you're not married, then you are not a fulfilled human being. So I believe that in the world that we exist now, some women will get married, like Ms. Jotamino said, and some will not. But it does not in any way decrease the capacity to contribute to their society and to their family and to attain the zenith of their careers.
I'd like to add something quickly before we move on. I want the women also, the young women on the platform, and to spread this as well and to be aware of this, that there is a false narrative out there. And there are many false narratives out there that um, in marriages and in unions that the man is the one um, who necessarily makes the most money. In a lot of uh, marriages and, and relationships, the woman makes equally as much and sometimes can make as much, uh, even more. So there's a false narrative that is given to women now that, uh, you know, if you get married, you will be taken care of financially, you will be fine financially, your, your school fees or your children will be paid. Not necessarily. In many, many relationships in Nigeria now, things have changed. Maybe in our grandfather's days, the men with their several wives or one wife would take care of all these bills. In the Africa and the Nigeria we have of today, the women are contributing a lot, a lot financially. And if this is what you want to do to be a successful surveyor, you carry on on that line and you keep doing what you are called to do in that line and not to believe the false narrative that you have to give this up and go into a marriage believing that this will provide everything for you because it, it just might not and you might need to fall back on your education, um, your educational background and your experience in order to make it work? Two things for me. Um, number one is surround yourself with like-minded people. Ms. Shotimenu uh, made an important uh, um, point for those who would get married. It's important that you shine your eyes and identify that uh, you, you, you're probably going to be picking a partner, you know, uh, for the future. And Dr. Ama also mentioned the powerful point about networking and that has been a major challenge for women especially um, in their career in workplaces the fact that women seem not to have been able to master the concept of networking which seem to be very critical to their progress and their promotion at work thank you ladies for your contribution we'll take a break now when we return we'll bring in the future surveyors female surveyors and hopefully one of them will make it to um, the, that very exalted position, the Soviet General of Nigeria. We'll take a break and return with more. Stay with us. Thank you for listening to Thinking Reimagined. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast and welcome your comments, insight and learnings as we strive to transform our global society. A change in mindset, engagement, collaboration, dialogue, awareness, and education. Thinking reimagined, changing the mindset for a better global society.